Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Uh... Uh, dose. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was trying to think of another way to say two. <laughs> well... Uh, that, that's a hint of what we're doing today. Uh, usually we talk about a horror movie, but uh, today we're instead doing a top 10. We have sat down, we have deliberated, we have decided, and we have come up with the official Streams After Midnight top 10 number twos, meaning, you know, sequels, but specifically the second movies in series or franchises. And we're going to count them down for you today. Uh, and as a bonus, if you're a patron, you can go check out the video we made, which was us debating what that list should be and sort of you'll get some more honorable mentions and things like that from there uh, all patrons will have access to that soon after this goes out publicly uh but this is going dare to dare be... i say that bonus video may be more entertaining than this <gasps> one <laughs> don't say that tim at least not until the end of the show <laughs> you don't have to stick around uh but this is the uh... there's all this fighting and being like no nah, this deserves to be on the list no nah, this deserves to be on the list now we're just going to be like number 10 number nine number eight how how are you simultaneously overhyping the other video which was not that heated and underhyping this because it's not going to be that boring like like, you're doing a disservice to both somehow i don't care what the dirtbags get on the free feed i want the i want the hardcore fans the true freaks that uh that go over to patreon.com and just line my pockets with money oh dear all right uh so yes top 10 number twos the idea being that we'll come back and do a top 10 number threes and so on and so on <laughs> until we just can't come up with 10 entries for like you know top 10 number eights or something yeah. like that <laughs> uh but yes so by the time we get to number 11 so it'll be like a top three list <laughs> yes and they will not be good and obviously it's a horror movie show so it's you know top 10 number twos in horror specifically not just in general mm-hmm. you know there's no uh you know, uh, Terminator 2 <laughs> going to be the popping squ- up on the this squeakle. <laughs> Or the squeakle, yes. Mm. That's a good job without doing kids' movies because uh, Tim would be having a field day. <laughs> what does that mean? You think I have some type of uh, arrested development problem where I, I never grew out of being a young child? You just thought, you, you just said the squeakle. Your mind went there. <laughs> So without further ado, <laughs> let us get into the list. Number 10 is The Conjuring 2. <gasps> Those oh, old, uh... <laughs> <laughs> old, uh... Ed and Lorraine Warren back again to, to solve another case. This time in Cheerio, London. <laughs> where where the, the Conjuring is being conjured again. Um... So uh, this was one that I, I threw out here. Uh, it's um, one that's a little bit more recent, uh, but it's one that we both like. And I, I think one of the reasons why we thought it'd be good on the list is because um, we do think it's one that is actually better than the original, which, um, <gasps> you know, <laughs> actually, I mean, if we want to, I mean, maybe it's a little late because we already started the list, but maybe if maybe we just talk about sequels for a second here like to you what what makes a good sequel like what are you looking for in a good number two like is there something specific that you want to see i think obviously there's so many movies that are great that then have sequels that are not good so this clearly Mm. isn't 
the majority of the time. But I think typically when you have a great sequel, and they're not always better than the original, there'll be some movies on here that are still inferior to the original film, although I think probably most of them are better, <laughs> is I, I think there's something to be said of, like, there was a great concept, but then the second movie fully realizes it, where it kind of irons out the kinks. Uh, maybe there's something a little bit fresher with it to spice it up and sort of make it more, more of a fuller meal. Um but I mean, ultimately, I'm just looking for a good movie. Like, I, you know, I'm not. I don't sure, think there's yeah. a hard and fast rule about what a, a good sequel is necessarily. I think. That's fair. I guess all I really don't want is just a rehash that doesn't improve on anything. You know. Yeah. No, yeah. That's that's a very good way to put it. I I I feel like there's kind of two ways to go about it. <clears throat> you can either basically like build upon the first one, uh, which I. So this is what I think the Conjuring is kind of doing, where it's, um. You know, it's not really breaking new ground. It's essentially, you know, a, a similar movie to the first one, but it's expanding upon it and basically, you know, like doing it better. Um, which I think is kind of what you're getting about, uh, getting at a little bit there. So I think that's one way to approach a sequel is basically like, yeah, let's let's ramp things up. Like let's you know do what we couldn't do in the first one. Let's expand a bit uh, and make it like you know bigger and better. Um, I think the other way to go about it, which I think yeah, we'll see you know, in some of the movies on the list here is um, you can kind of like flip the first one on its head and try to find like a fun, interesting way yeah, to subvert it. Subvert, yeah, yeah that's that's, a, that's usually a, another good thing for a sequel is yeah. uh, a, a good kind of... Uh, that's just the example come to mind because I just recorded... So there's a new show coming called The Collector's Cut that I'm doing with David and we're working mm-hmm. through franchises and we just did the second episode. So I've done we've done the first and second Dirty Harry movie and there's an oh, interesting, interesting mm-hmm. subversion in the second movie now, the second movie is not amazing, but there is a really cool subversive idea in it, uh, which mm-hmm. we talked about a lot. And I think that's something that you can do is like you introduce an element that challenges whatever the main character was in the first one. So let's say, I'll just try to have a hypothetical here. Let's say you have a character who um, saves the day because they're a genius and they can solve puzzles, right? So in the mm-hmm. second movie, you instead of giving them a, a villain who is just another puzzle solver that you probably had in the first one, you have it be that the puzzle solving is basically going to be useless because the villain is actually more, I don't know, like so- someone who's more devious and emotional or something. Like, you know, you, 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 you sure. basically challenge the character's weakness or maybe um, give them someone who, like, they can't use the skills. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, yeah. I get you, yeah. Yeah, try try and flip it. Yeah, like that's another mm. way of doing a sequel for sure. Well, uh, yeah. So back to the Conjuring two uh, again. I think this is like a good example of you know taking you know what was good about the first one, which you know you have James Wan, who's a very you know talented director, uh, and you have um, Vera Farmiga and uh, Patrick Wilson, who are you know very good uh, you know enigmatic actors, uh, and you kind of just you know you're bringing that back, uh, and you know it has like you know similar senses of like uh scares and stuff but uh again i, I just think this one that just kind of takes everything and does it just a little better uh, i like you know some of like the the creatures and the scares and this a bit more uh, you know like the family dynamic um you know I, I thought was good i like the setting uh and everything so just yeah all around just a you know really just good <laughs> well-crafted movie and a yeah good example of a sequel I think for me, because I like the first Conjuring, but I like I didn't like it as much as say Insidious, which at the time was easy to compare mm. it to because it was you know they were both James Wan movies. Yeah. 
And I think the reason why I, I didn't like Conjuring as much, even though it's very good, is because it's just a bit more... It's a bit more straightforward than just like a typical, like, you know, possession, haunted house movie. Yeah. Um, whereas <laughs> I think the second movie made me care more about the the, the Warrens' as characters. Um, it had kind of more of a fun spirit to it because it was like, oh, we've got like three different things we're going to do in this mm-hmm. movie. And they all kind of fit well enough together. And naturally like they, they they've led to like spin-offs you know one of them became the nun uh yeah. they did threaten us with the crooked man at one point i don't think it actually went i think it's fell through now i don't think it's happening but i would assume so but yeah you never know yeah but i think in the movie on its own these were just like fun like elements of our overall mm-hmm. picture and there's good moments you know everyone remembers the sitting in the chair try to talk to the, the spirit mm-hmm. uh you know things but it's got a lot of heart which i really appreciate and I, I came out of it going, you know what? I had more fun with that than the first movie. Um, yeah. Which is the flip. Because I, I enjoy Insidious 2 well enough for what it is, but like I, I don't think it's close to the first movie. So, mm. you know, uh, that's, that's cool. Which is why Insidious 2, I suppose I'm spoiling, is not on this list. Number nine, Phantasm 2. Oof. The balls are back in town. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Uh, so this is essentially, I always think of this as... Um, Phantasm 2 being the aliens to alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said this that, before. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And so it's a, uh, it's a super fun sequel. It's more action packed. Um, this is where Reggie kind of, kind of really becomes like the star <laughs> of the series. Um, surprisingly <laughs> pretty badass, but um, yeah, no, this is a super fun second entry. Uh, I, I like the, some like the new lore and stuff that it adds and, um, <clears throat> just like a lot of cool badass moments in it. There's, there's something to like these this like middle aged slob like hunting down this evil <laughs> figure, going from mm-hmm. town to town and you know making a quadruple barrel shotgun and you know, all, all the other crazy stuff that comes with it. I, I also love how it's got like a jazzed up version of the the main theme because you know the original mm-hmm. got this really iconic main theme. This has like the epic action version of it, and I kind of dig that. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I've always loved Phantasm too. I mean, don't be wrong. Mm. I don't think it's better than the first one. I think the first one's a film that I've really come to appreciate more. Yeah. As I've gotten older, it's so creepy. But this has got its own spin on it, and I, I really like that it doesn't just try to recreate the exact same thing again. It does a new totally. take on it, and I, I think it benefits it a lot. Uh, I think after this mm. one, you start getting diminishing returns, because 3 is still a lot of fun, but 3 does feel like mm. more of Phantasm 2 in a lot of ways. Uh, so, yeah. you know... Uh, Yes, but, uh, Phantasm 2, very good. Mm-hmm. Number 8, Superway Camp 2. Ooh, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously the first one's notorious for its ending, right? Everyone loves to mm-hmm. talk about the end of the Superway Camp 1. Superway Camp 2 is a horror satire. Uh, long before there was a scream or a cabin in the woods, you mm-hmm. had Superway Camp 2, where uh, we have the camp counsellor, I won't say or say the name of the character because it kind of spoils the, the end of the first movie. I'll just say that <coughs> the camp counselor is like a goody two shoes who kills the the campers, the the, the, the teenagers, for mm-hmm. doing things that they disapprove of. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, so it's, so it's literally, oh, you two snuck away and had sex, you will die. Things like that, <laughs> yeah, throughout the film, and it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's the cheeriest killer you'll ever see in a movie. <laughs> Always has yeah. a smile on their face. You know, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's fun stuff. 
yeah, it's very over the top. And um, like we we're kind of talking about this uh, <clears throat> when we were making up the list, but like the, you know, we, we both like the first one, but that is in a very, oh, this is so cheesy and crazy kind of bonkers movie you have to see to believe. Um, but this one, what's funny about that is they, they, you know, take that first movie, which is, yeah, just one of those like so bad it's good kind of things. Um, but from there, actually make a sequel that's like a legitimately good slasher movie. Like, you know, the kills in this are really good. Um, and like you're saying, like there's a little bit of a meta commentary kind of satire uh, to it before a lot of other movies that were doing. It, which it is definitely nice. veers heavily into comedy. Like, it's a very funny slasher yeah. movie, mm-hmm. intentionally so. For sure. Uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, like you're, uh, we were talking about before too with the um, <laughs> the cover of it uh, that has like you know, uh, like Freddy's glove and Jason's hockey mask on it, like basically being like, hey, this is a new killer in town. Like, yeah, get out of here. All you, you old mascots. Like we got a new horror <laughs> queen. <laughs> yeah. And this is 1987 as well. So it's not mm-hmm. I, I thought, or maybe 88, but it's like, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know, we're still in the 80s. It's just, we're not quite out of the, the, the boom, I suppose. But maybe we kind of are. Maybe it's starting mm-hmm. to wind down at this point, but. Uh, it's kind of fun. It's, it's a really fun time. I, I think it's really memorable, and it's one of those things where I don't think the franchise gets talked about nearly as much as anything else <coughs> does. So mm-hmm. it's nice to kind of represent it and be like, "Hey, like people should check this out," uh, mm-hmm. for for numerous reasons. But uh, the second one really is the star of the show, I think. Um, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people see the first one and just assume the sequels suck and don't bother watching them. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. two is better than one. It's not as yeah. iconic because it doesn't have the big ending, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a better, it's a more entertaining movie easily. Yeah. It's legitimately it. worth checking out. Yeah, yeah, th- three not so much. Three's a bit more rocky. But... I think like three is fun, but again, that's in the more cheesy, kind of mm. dumb way. But yeah, definitely not as good as two. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, number <laughs> seven, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. <gasps> I love this one. <laughs> part, part two is like, like part two is better than the first movie in just about every single way. Uh, it might be controversial to say, but I think the first one is not that great. <laughs> not I, think, I think the first one is very watchable, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's pretty low on the list, honestly, of the franchise. Yeah. Uh, and part of that's because it's not Jason yet, obviously. But even though that, like, this might be the the best horror movie in the franchise because mm-hmm. part two, I think Jason with a sack over his head is actually creepier. Obviously, I love hockey mask Jason, and it's the Jason that I typically want in my movie. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, potato sack Jason, <laughs> like he is. You know, he runs after. There's actually some great shots of him chasing after like the final girl towards the end and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. It still feels like it's treating it like it's meant to be scary as opposed to just, oh, we're all excited to see Jason. So there's kind of just a really nice balance in it. Uh, the kills are generally better than the first movie. Uh, I think the final girl's a lot more likable than the first movie as well. There's just, there's a, it's got a lot going for it. It really does. Uh, and I, I think it's one of the best movies in the franchise. Maybe not the best, but it, it definitely, you know, it's easily in that top certainly the top four of the franchise maybe top three you know it's, oh sure it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great time <clears throat> yeah um i think sometimes I, I put it like a little lower just because 
what I want out of a Friday the 13th movie. It's not exactly this. However, because, you know, I, I have a specific way. Like when I, when I think of Jason, you know, I'm thinking of the hockey mask Jason. And I think of him being like a little slower and uh, and that kind of thing. But like you were saying, I agree that this is like, you know, a scarier, you know, kind of creepier way to do it. And um, yeah, like in terms of horror movie, because I think the Friday the 13th series has been a little cheesier which you know yeah. is not necessarily a bad thing like that's one of the things like i like about it, and that's why i like a lot of the later entries but like i i agree with you this is the best like legitimately like horror movie like no like it is still not saying that this like you know super serious or anything but um yeah th there's like a little bit more yeah, i, I, I guess <laughs> gravitas <laughs> to it yeah, I, I would say that the final girl chase, and by that I mean like the last like fifteen minutes of the movie, mm -hmm. is probably the best of any of the movies. Like the, you know, the chase, she's hiding in the car at one point, and he's trying to get in. Uh, yeah. The way he's running silently after her, behind her. Uh, it's, I don't know. There's like so many little good bits to it that I just think it sticks out versus a lot of the other like final chases in the series. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> cool. All right, number six, Bride of Frankenstein. Ooh, yeah, we're going uh, <laughs> going pretty old school <laughs> with this one. Um, yeah, uh, this was one I was really happy uh, made the list. I actually watched Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein uh, pretty recently. <clears throat> um, back in September, I had uh, tickets to go see the documentary based. Um, on uh, Mike Mignola, who obviously is a creator of Hellboy. They, you know, they just put out a, a documentary about his work and creating Hellboy. And uh, they were doing like a premiere in downtown LA. Uh, and it was a big thing because they were going to show, do a double feature and show Bride of Frankenstein, uh, <clears throat> Bride of Frankenstein and this movie. Um, apologies, by the way, I have a little bit of a cough. So sorry if uh, people might hear me coughing a bit, <clears throat> but, um, I was super psyched, uh, and then unfortunately they had to delay it because um, some of the people that were going to be there uh, got COVID, so they moved it to October, and since they had to move it to October, they didn't have like the licensing to play Bride of Frankenstein, so they just had to play the first Frankenstein movie, which is still good. I think that's a great movie, but uh, not as good as Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, I, I love Bride of Frankenstein. It just, it's, it's like a very, I think it's very weird. <laughs> which is like surprising for that time period. Like, uh, you know, like there's like this bizarre scene where, you know, there's like this, uh, I don't know, like necromancy guy who like created like <laughs> these little tiny people in jars or whatever. And you're like, or maybe it's like an alchemist guy or whatever, but it's like, it's so strange. And it's like, what is this doing in this movie? But that's kind of what I love about it is that it's, like doing these kind of like big, weird, crazy things. Um, and uh, again, they do something where I feel like, you know, not as many of these other movies uh, at the time we're doing. Uh, and one of the things that I think makes Frankenstein really uh, stand out is that they're kind of making him, you know, a bit of a more sympathetic character. Like in this one, he's on the run and, you know, kind of befriends like a blind man who teaches him how to, <clears throat> you know, like do all these things like smoke. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, uh, of course, he's a monster. So tragedy ensues. Um, so it's like it's uh, deeply tragic. Uh, and then, you know, introducing the bride, which is just like a great 
you know, monster design. And she's in the movie very briefly, like it's only like the last couple of minutes. And then it has this like really sad ending. <laughs> like when she comes, like she just, you know, comes to life. Uh, you know, I, I guess I don't want to ruin anything if you haven't seen it, but <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, I maybe I probably spoiled some stuff already, but whatever. I mean, it's, it's only like a 70 minute movie. Just <laughs> go and watch it. You can probably watch it for free on YouTube, <clears throat> but no, I, I think this is a great film and it's like just shot beautifully and it's weird. Uh, you know, Frankenstein is iconic. The Bride is iconic. Uh, yeah, this is great. What are you doing? It's an awesome movie. Come on. Yeah, you fall for this. It's, and I have nothing against it. I just haven't <laughs> seen it in a long ass time. It's been yeah. like 15 years since I watched it. And I've only seen it the once. Uh, I remember liking it. But, you know, mm -hmm. it's just been been a long time. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll let you sing its praises and uh, we, can, we can move on. Uh, Every you know, monster should get a bride. Bride of Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. Afraid <laughs> <coughs> of Dahmer? Well, I mean, let's not go with like real people. Okay. <laughs> like, let's maybe like stick to, you know, like your I Brahms, said that because his Netflix show was called Monster, which is, uh, you yeah. know. Oh, God. That's why, that's why my mind went there. Uh, <laughs> sure. Braid of Brahms. Bride of, yeah. <laughs> Bride of Michael Myers. Right of the shape, surely. That's what you call it. Oh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, knowing movie studios, it would be Braid of Halloween, because that makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> but they'd be worried that no one would get what it was. Oh, dear. Anyway. Uh, <coughs> number five is Final Destination 2. Mm-hmm. Which uh, we reviewed not too long ago. We worked through the franchise, because we were expecting a new entry this year. And then, of course, they said, oh, we've just hired a director, so we'll see number six next year. Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, number two, I think, is head and shoulders above the rest of the franchise. It is... 100% agree. <laughs> it has got the, the, the best, most entertaining characters of the whole series. It has the best big, like, accident at the start on the highway. Like, all the uh, <laughs> the, the car stuff, the, the, the log truck, all that shenanigans. And then it's just got the most memorable, fun, mousetrap kills for the rest of the <laughs> film. It, you know, it's... You know, the scene in the kitchen, uh, the scene, multiple scenes in a car later on. There's, there's just mm -hmm. there's a lot of wacky stuff. The scene at the dentist office. There's just so many memorable kills in the movie. And it's lots of fun, practical, mostly practical effects. There's some CG, obviously, but they do stunts. There's dummies like in cars as the cars are flipping around. By the time you get to like the later movies, well, there's some funds to be had. Like There's a lot more reliance on CG. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, two is just this perfect concoction, I would say, of like all these elements coming together. It's like the you know the first one, <clears throat> um, you know, it's not a bad movie, but it's not great. Um, but with this one, they really focused in on, you know, what was good about this idea, and just like really went with it, and you know, they brought in like uh you know, <clears throat> characters that are a lot more fun and interesting, which, you know, in turn made the deaths more, um, you know, entertaining to watch. And yeah, it just is really firing on all cylinders. It just takes everything that was like good and then just amps it up to a you know, really fun degree. And yeah, like you said before, <clears throat> easily the best of the franchise, like yeah, head and shoulders above <laughs> all the other ones. Yeah, it's, it, it takes itself with the right tone. You know, it doesn't take mm. itself too seriously. And as a result, I, I just have way more fun with it. Uh, mm. 
you know we always kind of wanted it to be kind of cartoony in the way that it just kind of treats the characters and i think <laughs> that's the way to go absolutely is and then of course and the third one goes back to everything being moody and depressing because they're scared of death <laughs> yeah. and it's like oh no this is not what i want from this stop looking for the signs i hate the signs <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, number four is Psycho Two. Um, oh yeah, I'm. I was really glad that we both had this uh, on our list. <clears throat> um, I absolutely adore this movie. Uh, so this is one that I think is really interesting because it is subverting the first movie and doing something that I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know if. I can think of another example where like, you know, a horror sequel did this, but you have something where, you know, you have this iconic villain from the first movie and it's actually like trying to rehabilitate him. Like he, you know, he's out of, uh, you know, the insane asylum. He's trying to live a normal life, but he's constantly, <clears throat> you know, like being uh, looked at and, you know, uh, the townspeople are like being afraid that he's going to revert to his old ways. So, there's a really interesting dynamic in this movie where you have the villain that you never really thought you, that you would be rooting for, but he's kind of like, you know, the good guy now. And it's like this town and this people and like in a weird meta way, almost like this movie that is trying to pull him back in and be like, no, you are the villain. You kill people. And, and you know, he even says at one point, like, no, I don't do that anymore. But I, I think it's just such an interesting take, uh, you know, for the series to go in and, um, yeah, obviously you have Anthony Perkins back who, you know, does a great job and, you know, it's just a, you know, it's, it's not like a, it's not like a schlocky, like, you know, cheap, you know, uh, sequel that they made. It's like actually like a legitimately good movie and very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's very unique. I think it's the, 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 the first thing I'd say about it. It, it just it has such a unique premise that it tries to use the time gap between Psycho 1 and 2. Obviously, Psycho is still the better movie because Psycho is like a masterpiece. Mm. But Psycho 2 is a fascinating sequel that doesn't just take the easy route. It'd have been so easy to just have some people come and stay at the motel, murders start happening. Yep. Instead, it's, no, we're going to follow <laughs> Norman Bates as the protagonist. It's going to be him trying to, like, you know, be a working man, try to be in a straight mm -hmm. and narrow. But then when some bodies turn up, it's like, did he do it or is mm -hmm. the town being prejudiced and it's kind of tackling some tough subjects for the time period i you know i can't think of many movies at this time that's trying to sympathize with the the person who's rehabilitating from from having yeah. a, a mental problem um it's uh <coughs> it, yeah it's fascinating but i it, it's, it's so unique and it's a, it's a pretty well shot movie it looks quite slick uh it feels mm -hmm. Like, they're really trying to do something interesting as a follow-up to Psycho. Obviously, Psycho mm. didn't need a follow-up because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's this 10 out of 10, you know, birth of modern horror kind of film. But ultimately, because of the slasher boom, this movie exists. But they didn't mm. just copy what the slashers were doing. Like, sure, Universal Green lit it because they're like, hey, these Friday the 13s and Nightmare on Elm Streets are all making mm. a lot of money. We need... You know, we need uh, our. What, what do we own? Oh, we own Psycho. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Let's do mm -hmm. Psycho too. I, I feel like the actual director who went on to do uh, <coughs> another movie I really like called Road Games, starring Stacey Keach and Jim Lee Curtis. Oh, I haven't seen that, but I want to. I really like that. that that's kind of like Rear Window meets uh, Jewel. It would be hard to describe Ooh. that. 
Interesting. Uh, okay. So I would I would recommend that, but like I really like uh, two of his films, and Psycho Two is one of them. Uh, so nice. yeah, Psycho Two is like shockingly in- interesting <laughs> and impressive. It's way mm. better than I think anyone who sits down to watch it expects a sequel to Psycho to be. But mm. I would give it I, a fair try. And I feel like it's one that really hasn't gotten like a a ton of love. Like yeah, no. I feel like horror people know about it, but you know it's not. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, some people don't even realize that, like, Psycho had a sequel, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, cool. Number three, Child's Play 2. Oh, baby, now we're talking. The, <laughs> the, the, chuck, the chuck is back. <laughs> I, I feel that this is going to be controversially high, but I... Mm-hmm. We both sing the praise of Child's Play 2. We both mm-hmm. think this is the best movie in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ch- Child's Play is a great movie. Uh, well, it's a really good movie. It's a solid attempt to at what it's doing. But I yeah. think, especially rewatching it, it kind of suffers from like so much of the movies. Like, is the doll really alive? There's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So you don't get a lot of Chucky's personality until quite later on in the film. Child's Play 2, it's like, no, we know he's real. We know he's alive. He's coming after Andy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it has a fascinating, like, uh, set up where you know Andy, the character of the kid from the first movie, is now like a foster kid. He's moved in with his family. Uh, the dad's played by Garrett Graham, who's like a sort of like not a B movie actor, but he's kind of like a character actor that I like quite a bit. And then you've got I think the mum's is the mum D Wallace, I want to say. No, 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 the mum's uh, Jenny Agutter. I knew it was, it was someone from there. She also like her a lot. So you've got this great like pair of cast as as the parents, and but Chucky is like on this rampage trying to get to Andy. <laughs> And there's a big finale at the toy factory where they make all the Chucky dolls. So there's a there's a great kind of big set piece sort of like you know conclusion to it. Um, it's just very different again because this time like Andy's not like slowly realizing that he's real. He knows he's real. So as soon as he starts like seeing things, he's like shit. I need to try and like outthink him. Um, I I think this like takes everything that the character learned from the first movie. And like, okay, so how does he handle it now that he knows it's real, but he also knows that no one's going to believe him? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and he's, he's got the badass big sister <laughs> character who might help him out eventually and stuff like that. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. it a lot of, like, just really feel-good horror elements to Child's Play too. Yeah, no, I mean, this is just, it's, um, you know, like, the first one is, uh, like, you know, it's very competent, <laughs> but then this one is just, you know, going above and beyond and just having so much fun with the premise. And yeah, like you said, they don't really have to get anything out of the way. Like they don't have to work hard to sell you this idea of a serial killer trapped in a doll's body. It's like, no, we all know what we're in for. Let's just have as much fun with it as we can. And yeah, it's just like really, really fun from start to finish. Um, It's very easy to see why Chucky becomes a, you know, an iconic horror villain in this, uh, because yeah, he he's just great and super fun. Uh, the you know tons of great kills, and then like you said, this probably has, uh, I, well, I'd say easily the best you know like end piece of the yeah. uh, entire franchise. And there's just on his way to get to Andy, like you know, I remember there's a scene where he, take, he like kills a guy in a car. There's a scene yeah. where he, I think he's trying to get where Andy's moved to, so he goes after mm-hmm. like I actually I, I think it's the first person he kills. I think is like the owner of the toy factory or something. Uh, but there's just there's a, there's a lot of just fun sequences. There's a lot of Chucky's attitude, which they really embrace in the second one because it's okay. We're not mm-hmm. pretending that he might not be real. Like they, they yeah. know he's real. Let's just have fun with it. And I think uh, yeah, Child's Play Two is my uh, my favorite of the franchise. So uh, 
and mm. a lot of good like you know the the chucky animatronics like looks oh, yeah. really great yeah uh fantastic stuff because uh, you know this is before cg so it's all you know practical effects pretty much yeah uh outside of maybe a couple of few small things but uh yeah cool uh number two evil dead 2 Oof, oh man now we're talking this is uh <laughs> this is a biggie i mean obviously you know i've sung my praises many times i mean we've re- reviewed the movies you know we've seen it pop up on like other list shows uh, that we've done but i mean yeah I, I don't know what to say that i haven't said on other shows but i just absolutely love uh love 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 this movie um easily one of my favorite movies of all time um it's uh you know it's a little bit of a you know i think we we're just talking, i forget what show we were talking about it recently on but like uh, i guess like you could call it like a little bit of a requel or whatever they always say like you know, because it, it starts off with this kind of like remake of the first movie in like the first five minutes or whatever. Um, and then it kind of goes into the glory that, you know, is all this new stuff. But uh, man, this is just such a fun, cool movie. It takes everything that was, you know, uh, nice and creepy about the first one and just like ramps it up and just adds this like level of humor to it that. You know, uh, I, I like Army of Darkness and stuff, but sometimes, you know, it's like a, maybe a little goofier than I might like. I, I like the balance in this movie where um, there's parts that are really funny, but it is also still trying to keep in with the horror. Um, yeah, it feels kind of maniacal. You know. you know, there's a lot of yeah. over-the-top stop-motion effects for, like, skeletons moving around. And <clears throat> there's a lot of set pieces with chainsaws, with hands, with, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, all, all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, just, <laughs> and there's a lot of it. Like, obviously, eventually some other characters meet him, but like, there's a good half mm-hmm. of this movie that's Bruce Campbell doing a one man show. Oh yeah, which is so 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 fun. And man, just talk about like iconic moments. Like, uh, yeah, you have you know the chainsaw. Uh, you know, you have the cutting off the hand. Like all the jokes that come with that. Like the farewell to arms. Uh, <laughs> and you know, you have the um, the groovy. You know, like the, the groovy uh you know the uh what do you call it the the deer head like laughing in the cabin uh like so so many like moments i can you know like pick out uh and it just it never gets old like i've been watching this movie it feels like my entire life like you know when i discovered it in high school like uh yeah it's a shame that nowadays you know you don't have time to like you know watch a movie like seven times in a month or whatever but like you know back when i was in high school and stuff and like i would just the, constantly the re-watch perils movies. of fatherhood that tim's facing he can't watch evil dead 2 seven times every <laughs> it's, month <laughs> it's it's a shame it really is <laughs> but uh no like i i feel like there's a year in like high school where i probably watched this like once a week and then you know anytime i would have a friend over they're like oh you haven't seen it like, let's pop it in but uh to me this is like everything i love like it's just you know, I, I love comedy. I love horror. I love things that are weird. I love things that are like nasty and it combines it all uh, into this one movie uh, that is just so like perfect in my mind. Uh, and it's all anchored by Bruce Campbell, who is just such like a charming, charismatic actor uh, that, uh, man, I, I, just, I love watching him in this. And so I just, I, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I love everything about this movie. I can't praise it uh, anymore. <laughs> It's hard to argue. It's, it's it, uh, my opinion on like what is my favorite Evil Dead movies has changed dramatically since my teen mm-hmm. years. Um, I mean, my favorite of the franchise is actually the twenty thirteen reboot 
which that's for me <laughs> <laughs> you know so that, that's a whole other thing mm. but even out of the first three like i think i've had at times in my life i've i've had all three of them as my favorite at various points and i think mm-hmm. now i actually say the first one's my favorite because it's just more of a hardcore horror movie that's actually kind of creepy and it's got a good atmosphere yeah. uh but like, i can't argue with that at all because I, yeah. I i, I definitely if you're looking at it in terms of horror movies then yeah I, I agree that is totally the the best horror uh or i mean even if you want to say the remake that is a terrific horror movie yeah. as well so um yeah no, like this is like something that's like a little different than horror which is i guess you know one of the reasons why i love it but uh i i totally get what you mean though like i it's- yeah there have been times where i've been like you know like there'll be times where i'm in like oh i'm in evil dead mode so let me watch like a classic like turn the lights out like you know <laughs> midnight watching horror movie and then there are times where it's like hey it's a sunday afternoon like let's order a pizza and watch something a fun adventure movie like army of darkness you know it's uh yeah it's good <laughs> yeah evil dead 2 obviously uh, deserves its place on here and it's it's uh very fondly remembered by most people and it's well, I've you know realized that I don't necessarily love Sam Raimi's shtick outside of Evil Dead uh, over the years. Uh, it works in Evil Dead too, and part of that may be because it's Bruce Campbell. Honestly, like that may sure. be part of it. Yeah. I also part of it is just because it's all practical effects. Whereas you know, when you get to some of the later stuff and there's more CG mixed in, it maybe loses some of its charm a little bit. But Evil Dead Two st- yeah. stands its test of time. So. Mm. Uh, very good and then number one or number Oof. one number two <laughs> if you will <laughs> uh is dawn of the dead uh mm-hmm. the obviously the original 1978 dawn of the dead uh which is a follow-up yeah which i guess is that's interesting because that one is truly not a sequel because it's not a sequel to the night of the living dead mm-hmm. remake it's just kind of independently a dawn of the dead movie whereas this yeah. is absolutely a follow-up to night of the living dead uh mm-hmm. you know romero's trilogy I love Die of Dead. I think it is kind of this perfect, like, epic movie. It's like the epic zombie movie that yep. when I discovered it, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this feels like so dense with what it's doing with the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mall and it's got all this satire about people being drawn to the, like, this is like what mm-hmm. we consider important in life. So the, the four characters find the mall and say, like, okay, we can live here forever because it's got everything. And there's an element of practicality mm-hmm. to that, but it's also because this is the dream. As you have the mall, you have yeah. the mecca of shopping to yourself. Um, and so much of the, the movie's commentary comes from that. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean, obviously... It's just as entertaining, like, watching them, like, survive and, like, living in the mall yeah. as it is, like, you know, when they're, like, chopping up zombies and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I love all the parts to that movie, and it's... Mm-hmm. It really feels like this this character journey where they really kind of grow and change, and, like, their perspectives on, on the world change mm-hmm. by the end. And I, I really appreciate that. Uh, it's also just got some really great set pieces. Um, obviously, people usually like to critique the uh, the effects. Obviously, Tom Savini does a great job in it, but people like to bring up, oh, the, the blood looks a bit, you know, funny coloured. Uh, you know, it's got like mm-hmm. a paint quality to it. And like, yeah, it does, but I don't care. <laughs> like, I think, it, I mean, honestly, I think it gives it a little bit of charm. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, but no, I... I like I love Dawn of the Dead. Um, you know, I, I love the trilogy, but I think Dawn is my favorite. And you know, it's, it's a tough. You know, like Night of the Living Dead is fantastic. It is a tough act to follow, and I think Dawn mm-hmm. just. I, I don't know if it's just because the idea of the shopping mall is just such a fun concept that yeah. you you combine that with all the actual 
Yeah, because because Night of the Living Dead is full of like layers and themes and ideas, and so is Dawn. So if you you combine all those elements of the first film with just the, the even more fun idea of this location, you know, it's, you know, instead of a house, it's an entire shopping mall. It just mm-hmm. it's just a fun time. You know, them clearing out the mall so they can live in it is like some of my favorite stuff in the movie. It's just it's so uh, satisfying like, to watch. I mean, that's one of the fun things about like zombie movies like even though it kind of sounds boring is but like imagining the practicality of like okay where would the safest place be like where would you know where would it make the most sense for us to make our stronghold and once we do that how do we you know like protect ourselves and like you know fortify it like um you know stuff that maybe shouldn't be that interesting that actually is really like interesting in this movie and um yeah, uh, I, I think Romero is just such an interesting filmmaker. Um, he's had plenty of like late movies later on that like I'm not crazy about, but um, he also has some movies that are just like so untouchable. And yeah, this trilogy I think is so great. And I mean, similar to what we we're kind of saying with like Evil Dead, <clears throat> you know, um, any one of these movies I could easily see you know being someone's favorite. Like I love you know the originality. Uh, you know of uh you know the first night of the living dead and how it basically like invents like the zombie genre and then i love this for you know like i was saying before like with a lot of good sequels how it just really takes like everything in those core concepts and just really expands upon them in like a big fun way and then also like just what it's saying like you know it's a movie that there's you know so much you can take out of it and you know such a you know, a commentary on like consumer capitalism and, and everything. And then, um, yeah. And then, you know, day of the dead is great as well. Uh, and you know, so the movie has a lot to say. So, uh, yeah, this whole trilogy is just fantastic, but, uh, I'm with you though. I think this one has always been my favorite. I, there might've been times that I maybe gone back and forth between this and night, but like, it, you know, if I, if I have a choice, like if there's one I want to throw on, like on Halloween season, it's usually this one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is just so much fun. Uh, and yeah, that idea of just like having a whole mall to yourself, like it's, <laughs> I feel like, you know, we've seen it like, you know, replicated so many times, like in other movies and video games, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dead Rising, like had to put a disclaimer that it, you know, this is not ripping <laughs> off Dawn of the Dead at the start, because it clearly is inspired by Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine, like that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, something that's been taken and used again mm-hmm. and again. And you know, a lot of these things happen. I think it's what's notable about s- some of these these movies is that th- these movies we've talked about is that some of them, despite the fact that they're the second movie in the franchise, they've kind of added to pop culture in their own way. Like Dawn of the oh, Dead, yeah. absolutely has. Evil Dead Two definitely has. Mm-hmm. I would argue Chucky isn't fully Chucky as a character until. Child's Play mm-hmm. 2. Um, you know, I, I would say Final Destination 2 capitalized and really kind of hit what the movie is. Bride of Frankenstein is a pretty iconic character in herself. And Friday the 13th Part 2 is the first one with Jason as the killer. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of things there to, to really sink your teeth into. So, uh, so no, no one can really say that sequels can't be the more important film or at least can't add to it in such a way that it becomes just as important in pop culture. So... So I guess that's that that wraps up. Uh, obviously, out of all these sequel top tens that we're going to end up doing, I think this mm-hmm. is obviously going to be the strongest one overall. I think you know, even mm-hmm. with the third movies that we're going, we'll do at some point uh, soonish, 
you know, I think we're going to struggle to have like ten good mm-hmm. movies. You know, I, I think I think it's going to get harder the further down the list we go. But we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, as we mentioned at the start, we did record mm-hmm. our deliberations and deciding what this top ten was going to be. Uh, that's on Patreon as a as a bonus segment. Uh, if you want to go check mm-hmm. that out, you can support us over at patreon.com slash TV and uh, get some bonuses for as little as three dollars per month and. Uh, you get a bonus episode every month. At the five dollar tier, you get even more streams, which is a show where me and Tim just talk about all the different random horror movies we've been watching throughout the month. Mm-hmm. And Tim usually gives me a little horror quiz as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out that and anything else that's on there. And of course, uh, you can support us for a one-time thing as a, a super thanks on YouTube, or you can support us for free by simply liking, subscribing, ding the bell for notifications, making sure you watch the videos, sharing them out. We're on Twitter at Screams Midnight. And, of course, you can uh, do all that stuff. And I will also thank our Patreon producers just before we go. I'll wrap up with that. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Sydney Palacios, David Sharp, Bordeaux, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Tradesman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Thank you very much. And to all our all patrons... All our favourite number twos. <laughs> yes. All, all our favourite number twos. Very good. <laughs> That's the show, everyone. Thank you very much. We do have at least one more episode left uh, for for October. It'll go public on the day of Halloween itself on Monday, so look forward to that. Uh, and patrons still have the bonus episode to get before the month's out as well, so look out for those things. Thank you very much for joining us. We when is this it. episode coming out? Uh, this will be out on like Wednesday, I think. Okay, you don't want to promote the live stream you're going to do? Oh, well, that's a po- yeah, good point. Uh, so if you go over to Twitch, twitch.tv slash TV. Um, I'll be watching some horror movies uh, with the audience. Uh, we'll sync up the <coughs> movies. Um, I know we're definitely doing It Follows as one of the four or five movies that we'll be watching, but uh, that is on Saturday uh, on Twitch. I have to see what my plans are, but maybe I'll... Uh, <gasps> I don't know if I'll be watching any movies, but I'll try to stop in and at least say hello to, yeah. to everyone. Yeah, Tim could stop in. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah uh so there you go that's uh that's the plan uh hopefully you have a nice uh halloween weekend halloween's mm-hmm. on monday so you may be celebrating over the weekend uh but there you go yeah hit me up let me know uh how it went if you watch any good movies i'm mm-hmm. always interested to see how yeah how everyone else is celebrating but that is the show thank you very much for joining us we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies and we will see you next time i don't you mean next two <laughs> <laughs> two next two <laughs> next tem tomb tem tem stop talking <laughs> stop talking right now <laughs>